0: Coronavirus is bound to come to the U.S., they're saying. And the question is, are you prepared? Because obviously I am. So we're going to keep an eye on it here on the White House brief, because worldwide, it's reached more than 80,000 cases. And the left, of course, is saying, well, Trump hasn't done anything. Uh, Well, he's tried to stop travel. And yet that was called racist by the same people who were like, he hasn't done anything. He's incompetent. Uh, his administration has implemented strict customs and immigration guidelines about worldwide travel and exactly who's allowed to come here. But the liberals would rather have everyone die than actually close borders even even a little bit. And the real sad thing is that this has actually become a partisan fight, even though thousands of lives have been lost. The Democrats say he's done nothing. You're going to die tomorrow because of Trump. And then others say, don't even worry about it. We've got this. Well, which one is it? Because this is an epidemic disease. It should not be about party. I'm taking this thing off. I'll risk getting the disease and dying if I don't have to wear that thing. Plus, a peace deal with the Taliban may be signed as soon as this week. Uh, admittedly, it's a bit messy. You know, that's what discussions are. But as long as our troops leave, I'm happy. And oh, I almost forgot, almost forgot the Democratic clown show was on full display last night. So we'll tell you exactly what you need to know about it, which isn't much. So I hope you had a relaxing evening while I was suffering through that because you should have been doing anything else with that mess. turned off. Right. I'm John Miller. White House brief begins now. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has said it expects the coronavirus to spread in the U.S. and that Americans should prepare so that you don't get infected and die and kill those around you as well. Seems reasonable. Quick message from our sponsor, who is Bambi. When you're running your own business, HR issues can kill you. You get slapped with wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regs, etc., And you might not have an HR manager's salary exactly in your budget, because when you have an HR manager, you got to pay that person an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all just for 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. How? Well, you get a dedicated HR manager who is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees. No hidden fees, no long-term contracts. It's month to month. My guess is you didn't start your business, you know, so that you could spend all of your time on HR compliance. So let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com/wh right now to get to schedule your free HR audit. That is a Bambi.com/wh. That is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com/slash all right, so Americans are being asked now to work with the CDC to prepare for the worst. It's likely that this virus will cause a pandemic. Now, it's not so much a question of if this will happen anymore, but rather more a question of exactly when this will happen. The Trump administration is claiming they've got this covered. You may ask about the uh, coronavirus, which is um, you know, very well under control in our country. We uh, have very few people with it, and the people that have it uh, are, in all cases, I have not heard anything other. And here's Trump's National Economic Council director, Larry Kudlow. We have contained this, I won't say airtight, but pretty close to airtight. We've done a good job in the United States. Hats off to our public health people. But when you ask the Democrats, oh, well, then it's all of a sudden a totally different story. They don't seem to like the measures the Trump administration is doing to contain the virus. The administration has no plan to deal with the coronavirus. No plan. And seemingly no urgency to develop one. Even now, after the virus has already become a worldwide health crisis with rapidly growing economic risk, the Trump administration is scrambling to respond. Well, that's not exactly true in fact it's not true at all the administration has put in place strict immigrations and customs guidelines on worldwide travel and who can come here and who cannot a director with the national institutes of health says according to fox news that kudlow is right and the virus is contained the 53 infected here in the u.s either came off a cruise ship that was quarantined or came back from china the cdc is working with hospitals to come up with a plan in case of an outbreak locally and the white house is seeking 2.5 billion dollars to help fight the virus but apparently the democrats they're not happy with that chuck schumer complaining that's not enough nancy pelosi also claimed his approach is long overdue and completely inadequate to scale to the scale of this emergency but at the same time at the same time she's accused the president of compounding our vulnerabilities by seeking to ransack funds still needed to keep ebola in check. Okay, well so what does she want then? What does she want? Because if he shuts down travel to the US, oh well then it's racist. If he uses money from an Ebola preparedness account, well though then that's inadequate. Well for people like her and Chuck Schumer, what is it about? Well it is about scoring political points. And the same can be said For Mitt Romney, who says he's very disappointed in the degree to which we've prepared for a pandemic, both in terms of protective equipment and in terms of medical devices that would help people once they are infected, he said. Yeah, for them, for these people, all of this is political, nothing else. They are making a potentially life-threatening virus a partisan issue. I mean, how, how the hell did we let diseases become a political issue? And of course it's political because these people have never been concerned about the mishandling of funds and misinforming the public when it comes to handling life-threatening diseases before. The WHO and their beloved United Nations spends more on first-class flights and other travel costs than on AIDS and malaria. You know, the things that they're actually supposed to be spending their money on? And the head of that organization, Tedros Adhanom, is known for covering up epidemics. He's been accused of hiding the dangerous spread of cholera in Ethiopia, which he just, he just blew it off as watery diarrhea. Yeah, that's like saying the coronavirus is just an acute urge to uh, clear one's throat. Well, now this organization, the WHO, is saying the window to contain the virus is closing. Well, they're probably right, but their record is abysmal, and so they aren't exactly the ones to talk, are they? I would much sooner trust someone like Senator John Kennedy, who I believe is one of the good guys, as evidence when he pressed the Trump administration acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf on our preparedness for the coronavirus. Do we have enough respirators? To my knowledge we do i'm focused on making sure that our operators at, at dhs make sure that they have the protective equipment and i know hhs uh, as part of the supplemental I, well, we I, just heard testimony that we don't testimony from In a briefing okay so d- your head on or for medical professionals or for for sorry your i don't have homeland the question. security do we have enough respirators or not for patients, I, I don't understand the question. For everybody, every American who needs one who gets the disease. Uh, again, I would refer you to HHS on that. Mr. Secretary, my you're, budget you're, supports, you're, you're supposed to keep a safe. My budget supports the men and women you're of the, the Department Secretary of Homeland Security. are the Secretary of Homeland Security. Yes, sir. And you can't tell me if we have enough respirators. I mean, if that's not dancing around the question, I, I really don't know what is. I mean, that, that, that is Senator John Kennedy, a Republican. This is not this is not partisan. All right. This is a crisis and we need to be prepared. And these are the questions the administration needs to be able to answer to this day. Right. We have no clue about this disease. We have no clue how it started. We have no clue where precisely it started and who is most affected by it. I mean, you look at the countries like the U.S. and Australia and Germany and Kuwait. AP had a chart and there are no deaths. And then you look at China, and we're looking at 2,715 deaths. So is it possible that coronavirus, like SARS, is not even gonna make a decisive dent in the Western world? We don't know. But I know that I am not gonna be the one to test it. All right, we are inching closer and closer to a deal that would finally get us out of Afghanistan. Hallelujah. After 18 years of many failed attempts at peace, we have reached a point where all sides are tired of fighting. That's according to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He says we've arrived at a historic opportunity for peace. It won't be easy to obtain. We should seize the moment. All right. These negotiations have been in the works for months and months and months. They were derailed several times already, uh, but now they're back on track, apparently. And we've come to a point where it's not just negotiations, but it looks like looks like we're going to have actual steps forward in the plan. Earlier this week, uh, a ceasefire began. All the Taliban have to do is go three more days without killing anybody. Can they handle that? Can they? Because if they can do that, it signals, yes, these people are actually serious about pursuing peace. If the peace pact is successful, then an agreement will be signed where the United States is going to withdraw our troops in phases in exchange for the Taliban renouncing terrorism and beginning negotiations with the Afghan government. Now, I'm not going to start celebrating just yet, but I mean, it's in my interest and in fact, everyone's interest. So I pray this is successful so we can get the hell out of there. Late Yes, it is late, but I mean, late is better than never. We cannot continue to lose our people in a conflict that cannot be solved militarily, and I think that's obvious. The plan was never to invade Afghanistan and make it ours, so it's time to turn it back over to the people who live there and let them determine their own fate. Just a few weeks ago, two U.S. soldiers were killed and six were wounded in an attack. And since the beginning of our involvement, more than 3,500 soldiers have been killed in that sandpit. Listen, uh, the, the Taliban, they're the Taliban. They've always been the ta- Taliban. They always will be the Taliban. So, I mean, once we leave, I mean, I, I don't believe that they're going to all of a sudden bring about rainbows and butterflies in the region. Yeah, they're still going to be the same dirt bags they always have been. But the point is that if the people of Afghanistan don't want to live that way, well, they're going to have to do something about it themselves. You hear that? If they suddenly decide, oh, you know, stoning women for showing their hair, oh, you know, tossing gay people off rooftops, we we maybe want to reform. Maybe that's not the best way to go forward. And they overthrow their oppressors, uh, then we will always, you know, support them and be here, you know, from the, the United States and say, you go. But the point is, we can't be like the Avengers showing up and taking care of other countries' internal affairs. Doesn't work that way. You know, and eventually it does make more people hate us because they blame us for their problems, even though we should have nothing to do with their problems because it's not their it's it's not our country to be involved with. It is their country and they need to solve it. Plain and simple. Enough American lives lost enough efforts in the Middle East. We're done. We are America first and we always will be baby. Man, so the debates last night. The frickin' Democrat debates. Well, I mean, what was this, like the 10th one? I think it was literally the 10th one. So forgive me if I'm not exactly uh, enthusiastic about it. I mean, I doubt most of you watched. And if you did, I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, I'm, I'm sitting there distracted. They're saying the same old thing over and over again. And I gotta tell you the big takeaway that I got from it was this. Their hands are disgusting. Old people have disgusting hands. Look, look at that, ew. Uh, What is that? That looks like uh, a naked baby bird when it just hatches. So, you know, if he doesn't win, which he's not going to, uh, I don't think hand modeling is going to be in his future. Probably the coffin before that. You know, it looks like Benjamin Button when he's just been born, you know, kind of like old and yet oddly baby like. Just gives me the creeps. I, I really I couldn't look at it, you know, and they're, you know, all of them just wildly with their hands. I couldn't look at it because I was so distracted by that. Like America, we can't be having a president with hands like that. I mean, look at Elizabeth Warren's hands with the veins. I mean, her they, the, that looks like the witch from Snow White. You know, she's got a nice face that has aged pretty well. No, I'm not saying I'm attra- like, I'm not saying I'm attracted to Elizabeth Warren. I'm saying for a 70 year old, she looks you know pretty good. Not in a weird way, just in a like, you know, matter of fact way. Anyway, face looks good, hands are ancient. And then look at Bernie's hands, right? He's got the nice, but he's probably a Rolex, you know? Rolex to go with the three homes Bernie. Look at his hands. I mean, do you really want that um, liver spotted, veiny hand reaching into your pocket and taking your money? Sure don't, sure don't. So that was, uh, for whatever reason, that was bothering me the whole night. Uh, In terms of substance, wasn't any substance. There was none. What did they talk about? Well, socialism, socialism, free stuff. They bickered, they talked over each other, they attacked the president. So, you know, it was basically just the usual stuff, stuff the American people care about immigration and eh, not important. Why, why would we discuss something that means that much to most Americans and because they all want to bust the border wide open anyway. So they didn't talk about that at all. And it was so bad, it was so unwatchable, that CBS News and moderators, they were panned for having such an awful debate. So here's a summary of what happened so you don't have to go back and watch yourself. You don't even have to watch the clips. Bernie attacked Bloomberg for being a billionaire. All right, Bloomberg says, weirdly, he bought the Democrat House majority. He also promised he's not going to ban Big Gulps nationally, at least. Bernie Sanders apologized for his past opposition to gun control and says he made a mistake, Even and he's proud to have a D- minus rating from the NRA. Biden, Mayor Pete, and Klobuchar, which I still maintain sounds like a cleaning agent for your bathtub, all went after Bernie for defending Fidel Castro, which he doubled down on, basically. Meanwhile, Bloomberg insisted China wasn't run by a dictator, really. Uh, President Xi, that's not a dictatorship where they're throwing, as Joe Biden would say, the wiggers in camps. I had to rewind and watch again. I was did he just call them wiggers? I guess he's an old man. He can get away with mispronouncing words that we all know. Klobuchar went and praised the first step act. She wants the second step back now. Joe Biden, as usual, bumbled and stumbled. There was one sentence which I literally couldn't figure out what the hell he was saying. He got numbers wrong. He claimed there were 150 million gun deaths since 2007, and... I was thinking like, what, did you say 150 million deaths since 2007 and he tried to imply that Bernie Sanders was responsible for them? That's nuts, and in my head, my head's exploding, and yet not a single person on that stage called him out about it. Just like not a single person's eyebrow raised on that stage when he said home boners. I think he meant home owners, but he said home boners, so that's a new word. Wiggers and home boners, that was Joe Biden's debate. Yet he's a the apparent, He's apparently going to run away with this uh, nomination. We just have to wait until he actually wins a state. Elizabeth Warren, she doubled down on the story. She loves to tell about how she was, uh, she was pregnant, and so her job discriminated against her, and she lost it eventually because of her pregnancy. You know, next debate, you know, we're going back to just telling lies that, that were debunked. I mean, at this rate, next debate, she's just going to own her other big lie, and she's going to march on stage with an Indian headdress. Would anybody like a copy of Pow Wow Chow? I've written this book for you with my papa. Well, she claims that, uh, you know, Bernie claimed he wanted to help minorities. (laughs) This was great. Uh, Yeah, it was Bernie. He claimed that he wanted to help minorities start businesses, encourage minorities, and lift up the minority communities by starting businesses to sell drugs. Okay. Okay, Bernie, you know, I think that's where we stop. All right. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up how off the rails the Democrats were at last night's debate. And you know, that's completely to be expected. You know, that's what I expected. That's what they've been doing. The last nine debates, I don't know why I expected anything differently. They haven't been on the rails in a long time. And quite frankly, to give them more airtime than it deserves will only legitimize their bat crap, insane ideas. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast, please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.